0: Sixty percent of the time, it works. Every time. I am loving. You are tearing me apart, Lisa. Come with me if you want to live. Gentlemen, you have my curiosity. Now you have my attention. Now, here's your host, Sky and Colin. Here's Johnny. Hey,
1: moviegoers. You're listening to Two Dudes Movie Reviews with Sky and Colin. And Colin, I'm feeling fucking crammed right now. Dude, I am stuffed. <laughs> Dude, everybody sees me and they're like, yo, that dude's cramped. That's, people started calling me the crampa. Yeah, I heard that. I heard it. I'm crampa Sky because <laughs> I'm getting crammed left and right here. <laughs> you know and everybody's like sky who's fucking cramming you and i'm like it's this dumb bald dildo named oscar <laughs> he does sound like a, a bald dildo <laughs> it's just a gold shiny dildo sit on that fucking <laughs> helen hunt <laughs>
0: it, would, <laughs> it would be hilarious if a dildo was not bald just at the top, it's got like
1: it's got like a
0: wig, a mohawk, <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> the big old big old '80s pink mohawk. <laughs> I'm
0: thinking like that '90s cut with like the part in the middle. Mm, that'd yeah, be like good, the, the
1: dude from uh, American Pie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd be good. That'd be that would actually probably still be fine for for dildo action. And <laughs> Ad- admittedly not very not knowledgeable in this department. I have minimal dildo experience, mm. but um, you know, I think that's good. You know, <laughs> maybe, maybe like Liberty spikes, like the big old punk rock spikes. Mm-hmm. That would be good for her pleasure. <laughs> Ooh, cornrows would be like ribbed. Yeah, true. Yeah. Corn Rose. I have always said, that, you know what the Oscar award is missing is Corn Rose. They should just make it look like Alan Iverson in the <laughs> in the early 2000s gold statue but oh, with real hair. Yeah, these are the real problems with the Academy right now. It's the haircut <laughs> of the Oscar. Nothing else. Everything else the Academy is doing right now is on point. You don't got no haircut. Cause that dude's bald. He ain't got no haircut. He ain't got no hair. He's just a bald. It looks like the most low budget like they were like what should the uh, Oscar what should this award be for movies? Should it look like a camera? Should it look like a film reel? No. Nah, what about a naked dude? A naked hairless dude just sitting there and holding his hands in front of his belly button. <laughs> should he have a dick and balls? No. Just smooth brother. S- just a smooth brother.
0: that's what they said that was the (laughs) that that was the pitch (laughs) that was the pitch (laughs) yeah
1: but it really does look like you know when you you start up a new video game and you're going to create a player but it starts with like the default and it's just like everything is just bare and you have to like customize it yeah it looks like they went online and they were like let's customize our award and then it showed them the default and they were like perfect (laughs) They're like, I love what you've done here. And they're like, we just started. Like, this is like, it's basically like they, you know, um, you would know because with like uh, art and drawing and stuff, they have like those wood, um, figures, and it's for um, they're like highly posable, and it's so that you can get used to drawing forms, yeah, like human forms. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like they just dipped that in gold.
0: <laughs> Here's the thing, if I, you know, if a client came up to me and they're like, hey, we want to make this award. With all the, the the BS that I deal with, if I was like, okay, we'll start here. I pulled out like a mannequin and they were like, it's perfect. I would just go with it. I'd be like,
1: you're damn right it is. Yep. <laughs> this is my vision. Pay me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> On that note, I would just like to say, I, the, the one thing that really bothers me about having a movie podcast is that we have to discuss the Oscars because, Damn, do I hate the Academy? I hate them. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I do. The Oscars are such bullshit every year. Such bullshit, especially last year. Like I was just like rethinking all of that. The Chadwick Boseman of it all. Mm. Them shifting around the schedule for when they announce certain awards and doing best actor last, which they've never done before, only to not. Give it to the man. Like, what are you doing? It's funny because
0: I typically enjoy watching them. But last year when that happened, I got heated and I texted you. I think I've said this on the pod before, but yeah, I I texted you. I didn't even get back to me like that night, or at least not when I was awake. And then I just wake up to a text from you in the morning. It just says, dude, the Oscars are a joke. (laughs) Yeah. dude. that reminds me of that story I said, though, recently about how you were like, I told you Paramore sucks where it's like there's something that something that someone likes. And then you're just like, dude, I told
1: you it's shitty.
0: <laughs> are you, are you yeah. surprised?
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm not sympathetic at all. I'm, not only am I not sympathetic, I'm agreeing with you, but I'm going to make you feel like an idiot for <laughs> feeling that way. <laughs> I'm like, I agree, but you're dumb. You gaslighting me? Yeah, I'm, I'm gaslighting you. Did you um did you ever hear that that one joke about gaslighting? No, what is it? Yeah, you did. Oh wow. <laughs> Jeez. Nice, right? Sorry. I did not come up with that. I heard that in passing. <laughs> um but yeah, we're we're doing our Oscar cram. Now, admittedly, we're going to try and hit
0: all the movies that were nominated, but we're cutting it close. We might not be able to, and there's some that
1: have been harder to see than others. Uh specifically mm-hmm. Belfast Um, Oh, dude, it's been a horrible time trying to see it. I feel like it was only in theaters by me for like two weeks. Then it was like nominated for best picture. And they were like, Oh, I guess we'll put it out for one showing a day in the middle of the afternoon. Yeah. My regal over near me, I
0: think only this weekend they're putting the Oscar movies back out. So like I might try and go see it Friday. Uh, But that would probably be my like only opportunity to go see it. So I got to try and make time, but yeah, it's been really hard to see that coda well coda's on apple mm. i've got six free months of apple that i haven't started yet so i think that i might nice. have to start that and lay mooch off of me um yeah mooch <laughs> mooch <laughs> mooch um, mooch bitch <laughs> get out the way get out the way mooch get out the way i don't know what i'm saying <laughs> um and then we've also got like a personal vendetta against what w- w- west side story so Oh, I'm, I'm not, not watching that. i <laughs> oh, fuck that. I'm not going to watch it. It's getting an F though. <laughs> I, I'm sure it's uh it's good for me. Like yeah. one, I think it's BS that Denis wasn't nominated for best director. And that was, I'm, I haven't seen it. So maybe I'm not the, the best authority on that, but I just feel like West side story has been done a lot. And Dune was
1: considered unfilmable. So like, yeah, what? how Oh, I got a million I can go on for for way too long about how all of that is stupid. The amount of the amount of work that Denis put in and the amount of detail and attention that he paid to every single department on that film hands on in the desert filming with these guys. I there's nobody in this world who can convince me that Steven Spielberg was as hands on. You know, I, I'm sure he signed off on things, but like. There's no way he was as attentive and as involved as Denis was. No way. I think a lot of it might just be he's Steven Spielberg. 100%. Half the Academy has been employed by him at one point or another. I was going to say also, like, he made
0: a lot of movies, um, like, for those people. Like, those people, when they were our age, very important movies came out. Or or younger, so it's like, I like Steven Spielberg, but the majority of my lifetime, he hasn't made, like, a great movie, if that makes sense. Like, he's, when I think of his movies that are, like, the best. Yeah, they're from the 90s. Obviously, Saving Private Ryan's up there and stuff. Yeah, they're, like, 90s movies, which, like, I was, you know, five or whatever. I feel like if you're a little bit older, you probably have more of an affinity for him. And I'm not bashing him because I like most of his movies, but I just feel like, you know, the gems of his career were before our time a little bit. I don't know if we're going to hit all of them, but we've already done Dune and we're going to bring you to this episode. We got another one coming up with two more and then we'll see how many other ones we can cram in here. Um, I don't know if we want to just like run down some of the Oscar noms real quick because we haven't even talked about it. Or do you want to just start like...
1: Well, let's discuss these. the best picture noms at least. We'll maybe at the end of the last episode before the Oscars, we'll do our predictions. But for right now, okay. like let's touch on the um at the very least, let's hit the, the best pictures. All right. Well, for best picture, um, a lot of
0: nominees this year. Uh more than last year. There are 10 this year. I'm pretty sure last year only had like seven. I could be wrong, but I thought it was much less. Uh, Belfast was nominated. Coda, Don't Look Up, which we're reviewing today. Drive My Car, Dune. Mm. I was so happy that Dune got nominated. Mm. Uh, King, King Richard, Licorice Pizza, Nightmare Alley, which is another one that we're doing today. Power of the Dog, and then West Side Story. Yeah, very interesting mix. Yeah. Or Is Dune the only one we've done so far? So far. Yeah. Dune's the only one, um, man, it's we fu- are behind. It's, it's funny though, because there was some of these movies, um, on previous episodes, I was like, Hey, like I saw this movie. Here's a little mini review. Um, in particular, I did one, like a, maybe a five minute talk about nightmare alley. And then I, edited, yeah. I edited it completely out of the episode after it got nominated for, uh, for best picture. Cause I was like, Oh shit. Like I was not expecting that. Um, yeah. And I think me and you have talked about licorice pizza just on the phone and stuff. So, um, you know, these were movies that we wanted to do reviews on and then things that were maybe just a little bit more, a little bigger, a little more mainstream things that will get us more listeners <laughs> came out. And, uh, so we were like, all right, we'll, we'll do those instead. But yeah, uh, we are behind on these, um, for me, like biggest surprises, I was pretty surprised West Side Story was nominated just because it was West Side Story. Uh, But honestly, I was pretty surprised Nightmare Alley got nominated. Um, Mm -hmm. Coda, I was kind of surprised. I felt like that flew under a lot of people's radar for a while. Yeah. And I don't want to spoil my feelings,
1: but Don't Look Up was a surprise, to say the least. Well, you know what? Why don't we start there then? Because, yeah, I was definitely surprised, too especially because it's kind of like a comedy and you don't really see comedies end up in that best picture talk. You'll see movies that have comedy as an element, but I'd say like, that's like, I mean, I guess you could argue with sci-fi, but like, it's definitely like a comedy or a satire, if you will. Yeah. So th- it was definitely a shock that it was nominated on that alone. But um, yeah, let's, uh, let's start talking about that one. All right. Well, don't look up directed and written by
0: Adam McKay. Um, there's, there's two versions of Adam McKay. There is the, the, the step brothers version of, of Adam McKay. And then, Mm -hmm. and then there is the vice, the big short version of him. Right. Um, that's definitely an oversimplification, but I feel like, you know, he started off doing a lot of, uh, comedies, Talladega nights, like step brothers, um, the other guys, Big Will Ferrell um, collaborator. Yeah. And then I feel like, you know, more so since then he's gravitated more towards things that um, like true stories are maybe a little bit more like politically driven, uh, especially with vice and now don't look up. I would say like compared to the big Short and vice, this is the most he's mixed the two together. Cause the big short and vice seem much more like, like biopics. Granted, the thing that I hated about vice was that vice was clearly, it was a biopic written by someone who clearly has an agenda. So like, yes. How accurate was it actually again? Yeah. I think they were, he was going much more for, for, you know, let me tell this true story with those two movies. Whereas this is definitely politically charged, but it is combining those, I guess, comedic elements of his earlier movies, especially some of the absurdity of some of his early movies. And For me, like I know, there's some people that really love Adam McKay. He honestly was not the draw for me on this movie. The draw was by far, and I think for most people, the cast because this is probably the most insane cast for any movie this year. Uh, You have Leonardo DiCaprio, J Law, Meryl Streep, Kate Blanchett, Jonah Hill, Tyler Perry, uh, Mark Rylance, Timothy Chalamet, Ron Perlman, um, and then like like Himesh Patel. I like a lot when he shows up. Ariana Grande is in this, but. It's just a crazy cast. I mean, the first three that I mentioned, Leonardo DiCaprio, Jennifer Lawrence, and Meryl Streep is enough to make anybody go see any movie. I and mean, then you have like 10 people after that that are all draws. So crazy cast on this, but I'll start here. Crazy cast kind of wasted. Mm. <laughs> did, did I just blow my feelings on the whole movie? Tomato, mm. tomato. Uh, <laughs>
1: this is gonna be a quick episode (laughs) (laughs) kind of wasted uh kind of yeah yeah I okay I think Leo is the biggest shining example of that I feel like he um he tries to add a lot of layers to this character and I think that his performance in this is not necessary a comment on him because we know he's amazing we know he's great but like I don't know, like, all right, Wolf of Wall Street, I would say, is kind of a comedy, you know? It's very douchey, it's very over-the-top, it's biopic, um, but it plays like a comedy. Like, there, you hate him because he's scum, like, he's a real scummy, sleazy guy, but it's it is ridiculous and insane, like, what's happening, and it's funny, and he plays it very well. In this, I don't know, like, I wasn't... I was kind of surprised that he wasn't as um, impressive to me as I almost feel like he should be at this point. You know, does that make sense? Yeah. I think this role for him doesn't necessarily lend itself to flex
0: at least his dramatic talents. Um, Right. Especially because a good, good part of like the later on, you know, maybe the second half of the movie his character kind of becomes more and more um, swept up in the ridiculousness. Uh-huh. So I don't know if it's a great movie from that standpoint. Like I was actually talking to someone from hockey about this and, you know, this movie went to Netflix, but this movie did have a, a theater run for a little bit. And I was just saying to him, like, like, um, you know, it's in theaters right now. I'm assuming because they want like it to be, you know, qualified for Oscars and stuff like that. And then he was like, and this guy I was talking to is actually a big Adam McKay fan, but he said to me, he was like, I'm gonna tell you this right now. He's like, nobody's getting nominated for any acting <laughs> in this movie. And I was like, oh, okay. That was yeah. before I had watched it. Um so yeah, no, I don't I just don't know if it's that good of a like movie for that. In some ways, and, and granted, mm. I like his performance way more in the movie I'm about to mention, but like in some ways he the ridiculousness of his character in this Reminds me a little bit of the ridiculousness of his character in once upon a time in Hollywood, but his character in Hollywood has way more layers to him. And there's so much more like you, you feel for that character and there's yeah. moments where he has to, he has to be sad here. He's just, uh, he's just kind of like a pawn and everything.
1: Yeah. And it's funny. Cause I was also thinking about once upon a time in Hollywood. That's another one where his, he does have layers. His character has depth, but he is comedic in it, even though he is not like cracking jokes in the movie His that movie is more on the comedic side. I'd say than most other Tarantino movies Mm -hmm. and yeah, and he can play that very well, but this I think, and also look at, look at Leo's catalog and the movies he signs up to do. He doesn't do stuff like this. He doesn't do Netflix movies. I, I know the answer the only reason he was signed on to do this is because he is a huge proponent on like helping uh, affect climate change in a positive way and environmentalist stuff that is his main thing that is his main source of like uh, humanitarianism or that that is what he spends his time focusing on is environmental protection stuff and you know fighting pollution and things like that. He is, he, that is like in his personal life. He's very passionately like after that, mm-hmm. you know, that is the thing he like focuses his attention on. So of course, when they're going to make a movie talking about this stuff in a very on the nose fashion, I might add, Oh, we'll, we'll get to that. Yeah. He, but of course he's going to say yes to it. I think it's the only reason he said yes to it is because the message is in line with what he is into. Hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah. But this is not a Leonardo DiCaprio movie. Like this is not the type of movie you would never really see him in. And I don't think it's the type of movie he necessarily shines in.
0: Yeah. For me, like, you know, as, as good as the people on paper look in this movie, I don't, I don't think anyone's bad. Like I think everyone is giving yeah. a, a solid performance, but I think just based on the standards you would hope to see them from it, there's a little bit lacking. And Yeah. Honestly, the only person for me that like really like stood out, um, in any way where it was just like, every time they were on the screen, I was like, I fucking love you. was Timothy
1: Chalamet. (laughs) So Timothy Chalamet. Yes, of course. Um, I also really liked the interactions between Jonah Hill and, um, Jennifer Lawrence. So their, their rapport, it was really good. And that was some of my favorite like comedic moments in it. It was just Jonah Hill being a dick to her. And I think Jennifer Lawrence is like good in this. Like she's, she's fine in this, but again, it's like, nobody really blew me away. Um, it was fun seeing Timothy Chalamet as such a ridiculous character. Like, you know, like the trust fund crust punk. Yeah. I loved it, which we've seen plenty of even still. Like if, uh, Meg and I are grocery shopping or whatever, and we're getting like anything in like the, uh, potato <laughs> variety. <laughs> I know one of us just said. go fucking love fingerling Green potatoes. <laughs> I think that was my brother's favorite line in the movie fucking
0: love fingerling yeah. potatoes I loved when he said uh he was inviting her like behind the store and he's like we hang and grind <laughs> just we we hang and grind
1: <laughs> yeah he's just such a such a dumb douche <laughs> yeah
0: I loved it I loved it so much it, when he it was funny too because when uh me and Brianna sat down to watch this movie I was just like man the cast on this and then I like before we even started I was like Meryl Streep, Leonardo DiCaprio, Timothy Chalamet. So like the whole movie, like I was waiting for him to show up and he shows up so late. And, uh, yeah, I'd almost like forgot, I'd almost forgotten about him. Like, th- cause at this point, this movie is kind of long for what it is also. So this movie is going on for probably like an hour, 40 minutes. And then all of a sudden Timothy Chalamet pops up and I was like, oh, there he is. And then like hmm. the first scene he's in though, I was dying. Like probably, you know, this is a this is a satire. It's a comedy. The biggest laughs came from him, and if you want to get into the comedy, like this movie's entertaining, but from like a laugh standpoint, I don't know if it really hits a ton because I think yeah I don't know if it's really
1: written super well. I don't, do you feel that or I think it's inconsistently uh, funny. I think there are because there were plenty of moments where I laughed I as enjoying it. It takes a steep, steep drop off um, somewhere in the second act. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of redundancy in this movie. And then especially it gets really heavy handed with its message. Yeah. And I think that that is a big issue I have with like recent Adam McKay films is that, I mean, good on him, I guess, you know, like who am I to tell him how to make his movies? He can make his movies however he wants. I just don't have to enjoy them. (laughs) And I don't even disagree with his stance on everything. That's the thing. He is so heavy handed with his message and so in your face about it. And I don't think he does it in a necessarily healthy way. Like we kind of discussed this with the five bloods. And it's like if you if you are attacking the opposite side, they're never going to listen to your message like you need to. If you actually want to affect change and actually want to open up the doors for conversation with somebody with opposing views of yours, you don't you don't talk down to them and you don't you don't treat them like a moron because then that's not going to open up somebody to the possibility of listening to you. You know what I mean? And I feel like he does. He does do that a lot in his films. He's just like, this is what it is. And if you don't agree, you're a fucking idiot. Yeah. And even though I'm kind of like, I'm like, I agree with you, but I don't agree with the way that you approach this at all. That's how it is
0: for me also. And the other thing I was going to say is just, you know, going back to me saying that I'm not sure if the writing is like particularly well on it. The reason I say that is just because, you know, you're saying that it's very heavy handed, very on the nose. And I even texted you after I watched it and I was like, is it just me or is that like movie insanely like on the nose? And you're like, Oh yeah. But like for me, you know, Meryl Streep is essentially Donald Trump. Like that's, that's her role in this mm-hmm. movie. And like, again, I agree with a lot of the things they're saying, but Donald Trump is almost like self satirized. Like, does that like, yeah, he is his own joke. And yeah, most of the things that they're going after in this movie are like, it's like the lowest hanging fruit. Mm-hmm. So the whole time you're just like, I get it. Like, yes, but this is nothing new. Like this is we knew this already. So like, and and it's the, the, the entire movie. It's two hours and 20 minutes of just the same joke, basically. Right. And eating a dead horse. Yeah. How much enjoyment you can get out of that, I guess depends on how much you're actually going to enjoy this movie. Because like you, like when I was watching it, I was entertained, but as soon as it ended, Brianna asked me like, did you like it? And I was like, I was entertained. I will never watch that again. (laughs) Ever. Yeah. (laughs) I was like, I was like, I've, it's the same thing. The entire movie. Like I, I got it. I got it after 30 minutes of it. Yeah. I'm good. Yeah. So I don't know that for me, like, it definitely wears at it's welcome because I think it's very one note and it
1: doesn't stray from that. Like the entire movie. (laughs) Yeah. You ain't kidding. Yeah. I, um, that was something I noticed like, and that's the thing is that message is hammered in by the second act. And then you still got like an hour and 15 minutes to go. And yeah, it's bad enough to be heavy handed. It's bad enough to be long winded, but to be both it's just very exhausting. I was just waiting for the end at a certain point and that's not good. You know, that's, that's not what you should be going for. Uh, yeah, there were things I could enjoy, like, you know, the, obviously the Timothy Chalamet thing and that happens late into the movie. So like it kind of reignites a little bit of fun into it. But at that point it's like, what are we, what are we doing? You know, I don't know. It just seems like there's so much redundancy in the middle of this movie. And, uh, and it doesn't feel like it really grows. And the growth that does happen for certain characters, especially Leo, just seems so, like, I don't know, hollow. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it, it just, um, I just feel like it didn't hold up the longer that it ran on. And it did run on for a while. Yeah. I think the movie has kind of
0: inherently a hook to it that'll want, make you want to stick it out to the end because it's, like, does all life on this planet cease to exist or not? Right. So like, you're not going to shut it off without knowing that. But yeah, I mean, I was, I was kind of over the movie within like an hour and I was, and I agree with you. The the biggest thing for me is the second half, you know, the first half I'm sitting there and I'm like, I get it. I know what you're doing. But then the second half is so like, it's almost insulting how on the nose it is. It's like, yeah, we, we all live this a year ago. Yeah. <laughs> like this isn't like, Oh, let's explain it to them because this happened like 40 years ago. People know, and know it's like, yeah, this happened like less than a year ago. So yeah, man, yeah, we're living it right now. You don't need to tell us about it. So yeah, I mean, and, and then also like I wrote down in my notes that there's no payoff for the movie. I don't know if that's necessarily mm-hmm. true um, because I think there is something to say where it's like, by the time you actually give a shit about this, it'll be too late. But Right. I don't know. Like I won't spoil it because I think some of these movies people may not have actually gotten out to see, um, yeah. And people might still cram them before the Oscars, but you know, there's a, there's something that happens. And then after that, I think they try and go for maybe like a last laugh, cathartic ending. And, but it's a, it's like a telegraph joke that was like put in play maybe 40 minutes prior. And it was, yeah. it was really stupid then. And then when it happened at the end of the movie, I was just like, like leading up to it, I was just like, Oh, here's the part when this is going to happen. And then it happened. I was just like, yep. (laughs) And then, and then the (laughs) screen went black and I was just like, okay, (laughs) great. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Great. We did it. Is everybody happy now? So, I mean, for me again, I think you can definitely find worse movies out there. I think this movie's like well-made. It's just from a writing standpoint, um, I think maybe they had an idea that would have worked
1: better for like a short and then they stretched it to like 2 hours and 20 minutes. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, 100%. Uh definitely drawn out not the worst thing, not the worst thing I've seen. Like like I said, there were parts that I enjoyed, there were parts that were funny. It's non-consistently funny. Mm-hmm. But um all in all def I don't think I could fail the movie, which I guess we'll talk about in a second. I don't know if you have a ton. Of, I don't have a ton of notes on this. I'm done with my notes. So whatever you have left to say. And then we can, uh, we can get into tomato, tomato. Oh, well, guess what I got left to say? What's that? Give me the tomato, tomato. <laughs> Dang. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Tomato, tomato.
0: Tomato, the critics, they're bringing this in at a 55%. And that got an Oscar nomination. A 55 got an Oscar nom. That's, that's why I was surprised. And it's not unheard of to see movies with like lower scores get nominated for best picture. Like Joker was uh, pretty low. I think it was in the sixties. Yeah. But like, this is pretty like, you know, almost half the people fail this movie. Like over half the people who watch this movie cannot recommend it. and got a best picture nomination. So yeah, I was pretty surprised by that. And even the audience, like audience, much higher, but it's still, it's a 78%. So 55 to 78, you got an F to a C
1: plus. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I don't know, man. This is tough because I saw it so long ago and most of what stuck with me is not great. So I, I'm i looking at my grade from when I first watched it and I think I agree with the ranking. But the grade I'm a little bit flimsy on. I'm just going to go with what I wrote down after watching it that first time. The heat of the moment. Looking back, yes, it's hard to see all the best parts. There's not a ton that I remember from the movie. I do not think this should have been nominated at all. Yeah. Makes no sense. I think it's only nominated because, again, the Academy. Well, I don't know if everybody knows this. I'm sure a lot of people do. So don't. Just put up with my mansplaining for a second. (laughs) But the Academy is composed of people who work within the industry. There are a lot of actors in the Academy. So when things get nominated, these are the people voting on it. The people who have been in Hollywood, producers, directors, um, you know, all the behind the scenes people, as well as actors and stuff. So when you have a movie with Meryl Streep, Leonardo DiCaprio, people who are Oscar winning people. Adam McKay has been Oscar nominated multiple times. Um, These are the, these are the reasons why I think these people get in there. I think they get nominated based on the movies get nominated based on name alone and who's connected and who has friends in Hollywood. So if you're, you know, making movies and you're Meryl Streep and you know, you want to work with Meryl? Stre- you're you're gonna, or you're cool with Meryl Streep because you've worked together, or you're cool with Leo because you've worked together, or your buds. It's like you're gonna vote for your friends. So I think that when you have a cast like this, it's almost like, well, yeah, there's enough people connected to the Academy that you can get a nomination based on that alone. And I think also because of how uh, liberal, and not to sound like a fucking psycho uh, conspiracy theorist, but undoubtedly uh, Hollywood is leans very liberally. And um, this message is in line with those ideals. So I think that might help it. Um, all that being said, I gave it a C minus. So I guess I'll go with tomato, but in hindsight, i think I would lean more towards like a D plus. Ooh. see, I was wondering where, where, if you were like in the D range, I was wondering, I was wondering if you're going to slap a D on it. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think I'll just stick with the C minus cause it genuinely does not matter. But <laughs> well, I'll tell you, I, uh, I'm not
0: even far off from you. I gave it a C. I went to Mato okay. and I give it a C? Um, again, yeah. like the way we talked about it, it sounded like we were going to be a lot harsher on it. Yeah. I think when we do these, these quicker reviews, um, we hit like the major talking points. And like I said, I think it's a well-made movie. I think, you know the cinematography's great. I don't think the acting's bad. Like I think we expected more because of who's in it, but I think it's a relatively like I guess well acted movie. I don't know. Just when you look at the people who are involved you're like they should you would expect this to be like heavy hitting from an acting standpoint and uh right. And then I mean yeah, the music was pretty good. Um but for me I just I don't like the story they're telling. Um I don't like movies that are really heavy handed. I'm not sure if I've ever mentioned my experience when I watched mother, but like fucking hate that movie because that movie is also extremely like, I think there's these movies that come out and people like the person making them is like, Oh my God, I'm so fucking smart. Look at all this symbolism. We're like, look at this. And I'm just like, this is so on the nose. We get it. Like you're not smart. You just think we're really stupid. <laughs> so
1: yeah. I don't I mean, they might not be wrong well I mean, yeah, yeah I also I mean, think that that's I also think that that is a commentary on how Adam McKay looks at a lot of people, and I can see that I can see it being frustrating when um there are a lot of people who are ignorant in our world in our country, especially, and that's unfortunate, but ignorance is not the same as stupidity. And I th- and like I said, if you want to actually have an honest conversation and try to talk to people and change people's minds or hear people's side of things, um, the way to do it is not by insulting people. And you're not going to change anybody into thinking your way or seeing your side if you talk down to people. So I just think it's counterproductive to what the goal would seem to be. Mm-hmm. If the goal is to inform people and to warn people about the dangers of of um, like pollution and climate change and things like that. And then even also talking about like science deniers when it comes to like COVID and things like that, the way to do it is not by, it's not this, this isn't it. You're not going to, you're not going to convince anybody on the opposite side. You're just going to make people annoyed. And at that point you're just preaching to the choir. So then what's really the point of your movie? It's just a jerk off sesh at that point. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like the, the point should be to talk to the opposite side, to to bring your ideas to in a way that it can be digested by people who don't necessarily agree with you, but to use cinema to kind of educate somebody or show somebody in a way that they might not have already thought about it or in a way that's less aggressive than watching the news. And they didn't do that here. So (laughs) that's, that's my uh, intelligent uh, assessment of that. Yeah, honestly, like I said,
0: uh, out of all the movies that was nominated, I was the most surprised by this. I was more surprised by this than West Side Story even, Um, just because Hmm. I feel like West Side Story, even though it's been done before, it's probably a better story than this. Like, I don't know. Yeah. But moving on, though. Moving on. Talking about West Side Story, something that's been done before. We're going to go to Nightmare Alley, which has been done before, but-
1: This is way less known than West Side Story. Um, Right. Because this wasn't this movie from like the fucking like 40s or something. Yeah, it was a long, long time ago. And it's I think it's based on a on a book. Also,
0: this is yeah, it's based on a book from the 1940s. And admittedly, I have not read that book. I did not know anything about this movie going into it. So everything was a surprise for me. And I'll tell you what, I'm really glad that everything was a surprise for me because this movie. Has a lot of twists and turns, and I don't think this movie ends up in places
1: people will expect. Um, Each act kind of... Listen, Colin. Hmm? I'm going to say this right now. Okay. This movie fucks. Fucks? This movie fucks. Can you elaborate? Yeah. This movie pulls out a big throbbing hard on... Tickles your lips with it. And just when you think it's about to load in your throat. Ew. It splashes on your butthole. I wish I didn't ask you to elaborate. <laughs> yeah. Lesson learned.
0: <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> this movie
1: fucks. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Is that like the same thing as slaps?
1: Yeah. It's okay, a banger. Cool.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um bop. It's always it's always you know a cool experience when you go to see a Guillermo del Toro movie, and uh not all of his movies admittedly are hits for me, but yeah, he's always been a director when one of his movies come out that I get excited to go see, because uh, I feel like especially with, with what he does with practical effects, and I feel like this movie to a degree actually has much less Guillermo del Toro isms in a way, Um mm-hmm. but like especially what he does with you know, creating a, a tone and a vibe and what he does with his, his creature design and stuff. It's always really cool to go see his movies. And uh, so I was excited to see this. I think I was just surprised after the fact with what my reaction was to it because uh, based on the trailers, I thought it was definitely a certain thing and uh, assumed I would feel a certain way about it. And then leaving the theater, I was like, I think I texted you out right after I saw it, actually. Yeah, you you had
1: texted me and I had not even seen trailers. I'd heard nothing about this movie. Absolutely nothing. The only thing I knew about it was I saw a poster at AMC with uh, Willem Dafoe's face. It said Nightmare Alley. And I'm like, oh, I'm guessing that's probably like some kind of like. I don't know, a horror movie, I guess, because a nightmare whatever Mm -hmm. and i saw it's willem dafoe i don't know why i wouldn't be like oh willem dafoe movie like let me see what this is about but i guess just seeing it in passing i'm like oh i have no idea what that is um and just continued on my daily life and then you yeah you saw it and texted me and you were like do you think we're gonna do an episode on this i'm like i don't know i know nothing about it and you were like dude it's great
0: yeah (laughs) yeah i'll just say this you know and then we we can get into all the uh you know specific plot points and all that stuff but uh you know we'd mentioned how good the cast is on don't look up but this is actually my favorite cast um for the year and uh-huh. and oh, it's not yeah. even just the people involved i think yes it, there are a lot of people involved in this movie that i really love some there's actually two people um who cross over from don't look up into this um and that's Kate blanchett and ron perlman but um oh that's right i forgot ron perlman's and don't look up yeah, I actually really like he was funny and don't look up. But yeah. um, I think you get the most out of people in this movie. Like there are some, at least in my opinion, some really strong performances. I really like Richard Jenkins yeah. in this movie. Uh, Bradley Cooper, I think, is great. Some people were saying they think Bradley Cooper's miscast. I don't think so at all. This I really like them. Yeah, I
1: think they were like, I think it's the I think it's my favorite role I've ever seen him in. Yeah, I, I liked him a lot in this. And I think there's a lot of layers yeah. to his character. I I think he's good. I, I do like him in um, A Star is Born. I don't, I'm not crazy about the movie itself, but I'm like, damn, he is a good actor. But this, I was like, yo, Bradley Cooper fucks. <laughs> That's going to be the adjective we used to
0: describe this entire movie. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> Two dudes Movie Review says this movie fucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, th- throw that on the back of the DVD. Um, oh yeah, I'll buy it. <laughs> but yeah, no. I I love the cast on it. The cast is a huge draw along with the director and I I'm like don't look up. I think you see a lot of people really flex what they can do in in this movie and uh yeah, I mean, let's let's just get into it cuz I know both of us have been wanting to talk about this. And like I said, I kind of talked about it on the podcast and then removed about five minutes of it. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, well, did we, did we run down the cast on everybody yet? I don't know. I, knew, I just said, everyone's good. Yeah. Bradley Cooper, mm-hmm. Kate Blanchett, Tony Collette, Willem Dafoe, uh, Rooney Mara, who I like a lot, Richard Jenkins, mm-hmm. uh, Ron Perlman, Mary Steenburgen. Those are your main players. There's a few other people in here that are like, like Tim Blake Nelson's in this and yeah, great, great fucking cast.
1: Yeah. Really, really cool cast. And yeah, like you said, everybody, every, and when I tell people to watch this, I'm like, everybody in this movie is used to perfection and is all in. Mm -hmm. Willem Dafoe. Oh, he, oh my God so good tony collette now spoiler alert tony collette does not fuck but she does hand job. <laughs> so maybe we should just start this movie handjobs this movie hand jobs. <laughs> this movie fucking hojos <laughs> yeah man dude an h j from tc with those acting chops
0: i'll take it <laughs> now I mentioned that maybe this movie doesn't do as much in terms of like practical effects or like, you know, uh, prosthetics or whatever that that he normally would do. But the one thing I will say, this movie really captures a vibe and a tone and a kind of time and place, uh, for sure. Yeah. And, uh, right out the gate, there's a, there's a fucking awesome shot to start this movie up that like immediately you are, you are hooked. But then one like they show that scene and then you get to the kind of like the carnival aspect of it. And I think you've made fun of me in the past about me being like, oh, I really like like the carnival vibe type stuff. But like this movie nails it so perfectly, like the grunginess of it and uh, yeah. you know, the, the color palette and oh, it's so good. It's so good. I loved it. And then when the movie moves to different places later on that look completely different from this, those places also feel very lived in, very different. And uh yeah, I mean, just love the look of this movie so much.
1: Yeah, dude. Like like you're saying, like the settings change and they are all very unique from each other in terms of like um composition, I guess. Like what you're seeing and like the juxtaposition between like the carnival and then these more ritzy places. But it it is all so perfectly tied together. It 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 is so clearly one singular vision. And I think where Guillermo was known for like a lot of that prosthetics and a lot of those like practical effects and stuff, especially with creature design, he took that and applied it to his set design because Mm -hmm. like all that carnival stuff, especially when they go through the fun house, that is all real. That is all designed. Like they walked through that. They poked holes in the tents and let water run through. Did you watch... There's a, you know, how they have directors and actors come and break down a scene. I think oh, it's with I, GQ or somebody. They have one for this movie. I haven't watched it, but I will now. It is incredible. They break down that scene when they're trying to find uh, this guy in and he's hiding out in the madhouse or mm-hmm. in, the, you know, the, the fun house. Yeah. And they're talking about like the construction of the fun house and how they wanted it to feel real. And it is real. They actually built it. And like all of that stuff, and I, I was just like, it's so cool seeing him apply his skill set and taking it and be like, you know what? If I can make these creatures come to life, I can make these buildings come to life. I can, I can add this interesting sculpture to to this this building and make it, you know, take these Art Deco buildings and and make it feel like Guillermo del Toro, like like he created this 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 world that they're in and it feels like that and i love it it is this movie is so so well oiled machine like precise and perfectly put together and then i want to use that like because not only in the design of it but in the storytelling a movie with twists and turns like this i feel like Some people will write it where they know where the end, what the ending is, and then they figure out how to get there. Other people write a journey and then they have to figure out what's a grand ending. This, this is so just perfectly thought out and executed and never does it ever feel like there is a misstep or a sidestep from the vision. Everybody's on board, Everybody's bringing it. It is across the board fucking awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Brilliant. I I tell everybody I see to watch this movie.
0: I thought of you immediately when this movie ended, and I won't say what the ending is, but just knowing
1: your sensibilities, I was like, Sky's going to love that. And I... As, dude, as soon as that scene ended and it cut to credits, first of all, I'm getting chills right now. First of all, I had to pick my fucking jaw up off the floor. My, I was wide-eyed, jaw-dropped. I was like, I can't believe what I'm watching. As that last scene is playing out, I'm like, and I'm like thinking about how long I've been watching this and what's happening right now. I'm like, is this how the movie ends? And then it <laughs> ended and I went, oh, Yes. <laughs> This, and this is another thing I tell people. I'm like, this movie has one of the best endings I have ever seen. I rolled it back because the scene is a callback. The ending is a callback to something that happens in the first act. As soon as it was done, I stopped at the credits. I went back, rewatched the scene from earlier in the movie. And then as soon as that scene was done, went back back to the ending of the movie and I was just fucking loads buckets of jizz I couldn't stop my balls were drained I was fucking chugging milk to try and replenish I'm like this looks close enough and that's how it works (laughs) to just fucking milk and Elmer's glue just spewing everywhere yeah (laughs) <laughs> word I can <laughs> <a> word <laughs> <laughs> I cannot express enough how perfect this movie is for me and like what I love about movies the twists and turns the style but some of my favorite actors are in it like oh oh yeah it's so fucking good just uh just like a few
0: like comments I guess leading off of that one I wish that there were kind of more movies like this, and just what I mean by that is like there's plenty of rated r dramas out there, but I don't think there's a ton of rated r dramas that are actually like like I feel like this movie has some of like the i don't know if, i don't know if sensibilities is the word, but maybe the vibe and stuff is probably a tone that a lot of uh people would consider like more like. Oh, that's more like young adult ish, like the carnival type stuff. It feels like the carnival thing is a little bit less highbrow than like normal, like Oscar nominees, which is why I was surprised by it. But I just love that. This is something that takes like this weird kind of niche vibe and then makes it very like heavy and uh, dark, like, I think I said to my brother after I watched it, I was like, it's a really dark movie. And like, it kind of messed me up a little bit, but it's not like the type of mess me up where it's like, uh, like it's, it's gory or anything like that. It's just, it's very unsettling at times. Yeah. And, uh, and again, like, I think this, this movie is an outlier when it comes to most like best picture noms, but I love it for that. Like I was, when I saw that it got nominated, I was so stoked. Dude. Um, so unique. I, I really liked it. Yeah. Very unique. And then, uh, the other thing I was going to say is, you know, uh, you're talking about that last scene and maybe with this one, we could mention some spoilers because, um, there's a, a few movies that kind of come to mind that maybe have like some smaller parallels to it. And one is actually, you know, a movie we did recently on the, on the the podcast. I think it was this year's at the beginning of 2021. Um, I can't remember which year it qualified for, but that was St. Maud, where like the end moments of that movie make the movie and I already really enjoyed this movie throughout, but that last scene kind of recontextualizes a lot of the movie and Mm -hmm. really is just like an exclamation point on the whole thing. And and that was the thing I left the theater, like I already really liked it. And then those last few moments I was just like, Oh my God, it's so good. Yeah. (laughs) And, uh, and then the other thing, the other movie I was going to say, another one that's pretty recent, but, um, Bradley Cooper operates a little bit like Adam Sandler in uncut gems where he's a guy that you want to root for, but he's just such a scumbag mm-hmm. and just keeps, keeps making all the worst decisions. Yeah. And the anti-hero movies that have, yeah, I love movies that have characters like that where it's just, you should not root for them, but you do. And then kind of when they get theirs at the end, you're just like, yep, yeah. <laughs> you had a <it> coming, buddy. <laughs> and yeah. And, uh,
1: no, I just I I love love that about this movie, dude. I I can't get over it. I I genuinely cannot get over it. And I've told a number of people to watch it. My mom is a huge Guillermo del Toro fan, and when I talked to her, I was just like, "You need to see this movie." And it's funny too because I forgot about um I didn't forget about Saint Maud, but I told her I was just like, "This movie has one of the most satisfying like best endings I've ever seen." And then um her boyfriend Greg he he was telling me he's like you said that about another movie like last year or something and I was like did I I'm like I can't remember and he was like, yeah it was something something on a beach and I'm like on a beach I'm like kind of trying to remember and I'll, and I was like oh Saint Maud I'm like yeah that did have a really good ending but I'm like so it's funny that you just mentioned that now in this context because like yeah that's a that's a movie where I feel like Saint Maud. Was I'm like, I'm enjoying this through, but then the ending, I was like, oh wow, that's really cool. This I'm like, I was already loving the movie and then the ending happens. And I just like my brain just like melted down. I'm like, I didn't know you can do it. You can do this. Like I didn't know movies can be (laughs) this fucking good. Honestly, (laughs) let me look. I'm going to look at my 2019. It's, it's hard because with fandom, Like, obviously I have such like a connection to like certain things. So like Marvel movies hit on a high level for me, but like this movie is probably like top five favorite movies for me in the last like five years. Like honestly, damn. Yeah. I, I watched this movie, I think four times now. Oh, holy shit. (laughs) Yeah. I watched it. Yeah. Yeah. I watched it once in theaters and I watched it once
0: at home. And I saw it like probably a month before you watched it the first time. See you've gone ham
1: on Nightmare Alley. Oh, I've gone real ham on it. Like real friggin' ham on it. Yeah, this this is so up my alley. It's so up my nightmare alley. <laughs> and also Nightmare Alley, great name for your asshole. <laughs> nightmare Alley? <laughs> That's my nightmare alley. Don't go in there. It's a fucking nightmare. Yeah, it's a it's a horror movie. Oh, it's a friggin' horror show.
0: <laughs> now the only thing this is kind of like my only like real negative on the movie. Um, and my main thing for me is just, I'm not sure how much I buy the romance part of it. And it didn't really bother me too much. Also, I really like Rooney Mara. So I was just like Bradley Cooper. I get it. Yeah. (laughs) But, but like, I think narratively, um, I didn't completely buy it, but I also think like when it comes to movies, sometimes you just have to accept the love interest in it. And one of my favorite movies of all time, which is baby driver has that in it where it's like, maybe not the strongest connection between them. And maybe there's not enough scenes between the two of them prior to them, you know, falling in love or whatever that there should be. But the rest of the movie is so good that you, you just go along with it. You're like, okay, I'm, I'm here for it.
1: And that's kind of how it is here. It's an old movie it's an old Hollywood thing. Like, I feel like a lot of old movies are like that. There's not a long courting thing. It's always like the play on love at first sight. Mm -hmm. And it's a fast track because the movie is not centered on that, but I can make an argument that her involvement and him, him falling for her and being attracted to her. It's like this whole movie, this guy is constantly trying to pretend to be something that he knows deep down. He isn't. Mm -hmm. And Maybe she's just another piece of that puzzle to him where it's just like he is in this belief that like, yeah, I can be normal. I can have a normal life. I can have these things that you're supposed to have. I can have the beautiful girl and I can have it all. But really, he knows he can't. He knows he's he's no good. Yeah. And, and I think it could play into that. And maybe everything he does is fast in the movie. He's fast living. So why wouldn't he also be fast loving, you know? Mm hmm. Um, I'm fine with that. So you, you can shut your whore mouth. Oh, okay. And, uh, <laughs> no, now no, open up that whore mouth. And, uh, cause this movie fucks, <laughs> cause dude, this movie fucks <laughs> this Bradley Cooper fucks, Tony Collette fucks, Cate Blanchett fucks, uh, anybody else's name rhymes fucks. Guillermo del Toro fucks all over the place in this movie. Like his, <laughs> Dude, the, the camera work in this movie is incredible. The suspense, the tension, oh, the ending, the ending, my man. It's so good. It's so good. I was going to say, uh, I don't know. Would you consider this movie a character study or no? I don't know. I, um, I don't love the character study as a genre thing because I feel like any movie is a character study. Is it not? There's characters in it. And we're, and we must study them (laughs) and we're studying them. (laughs) So, I mean, so I mean, like, isn't every movie a character study in a, in a way, but, um, I mean, I guess you can make an argument that it is. Cause uh, the reason I was going to say that is just because I feel like
0: in, in some ways, this movie, like comments almost on like the, like how far far gone is this character later on in the movie? Once he like gets a take like he is fooling people. The majority of the movie, he is conning them, but then almost in the same sense later on the movie, he is so enveloped in what he's doing that he's almost conning himself into believing that he's actually doing the things he's doing when really he's just, Mm -hmm. he's just a mentalist. Like he, he is, you know, he learned tricks to get into people's minds and manipulate them. But he later on, he seems like he believes that he's actually like, doing something great for these people and actually like helping them. And he can, yeah. You know, it's, it's kind of crazy by the end. Like you see, he's yeah. sipping his own juice. He's
1: yeah. He's buying into his own bullshit. Mm-hmm. He's drinking the kool aid, Um, she was warned about, which he's warned about in the beginning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's another thing. I think
0: there's, there's some Oscar movies, you know, I, I've been trying to think more and more about like the last couple of years and the movies that were nominated for best picture. And, which ones um I felt like were good movies, but ones that I probably want to watch again are ones that I just didn't feel like had a ton of rewatchability and like Nomad Land comes to mind or or like The Florida Project and stuff like that. Like movies that are good on their own, but I'm probably not gonna like the rewatchability's very low on them for me. But this movie, I think the rewatchability rewatchability's super high on it, because there's a lot of stuff peppered in throughout the movie that are like you know, clues to what might happen or or warning signs that people give him that he ignores and stuff. And um, for that, I really like it because I think on a second viewing, I actually got more out of it than the first time. Other than like the first time I saw, I already really liked and I love the ending, but you, you do pick up on stuff when you watch it the second time, similar to like a get out or whatever, where you're like, this script is actually way tighter than I thought it
1: was. This movie, as somebody who watched it four times, this movie is bulletproof boy. All right. Can we talk a little bit of spoilers? Because I want to ask something uh, to you. Yeah, go for it. All right. Spoiler alert. Um, I forget the character's name, which is horrible because of how many times I've seen it. <laughs> but I'm just bad at that. The the old man who teaches him the mentalist stuff and has the book. Pete, right? Pete. Yes. Okay. Do you think Bradley Cooper intentionally killed Pete? Oh, uh, I kind of do. Yeah. Cause you know, you know, he was aware he was doing the drinking thing. He, he witnessed him going to Willem Dafoe and stuff. Willem Dafoe earlier in the movie tells him about how you get a, get a guy to geek Mm -hmm. and, and he has a bottle, a specific bottle that is tainted with opium. So do you think that Bradley Cooper intentionally switched those bottles so that Pete would get the one with the opium? And then when he downs it all, he overdoses and dies. Yeah, I do think that. Right. But I love that they don't tell you. And mm-hmm. as I watch the when you watch the movie, it, it's similar to Blade Runner, where they posit the idea that, like, is he a replicant? Is he a human? But they never tell you. And there's enough hints in both directions that nobody can come up with a clear answer and you never get it. And yeah. this movie has that same thing with that, where there's not enough evidence in either direction for you to definitively say he did or didn't do it. Yeah. Genius. I what I like about that too is cause like I said, he, he's a character that
0: you like throughout the movie, but you shouldn't. And I think mm-hmm. early on in the movie, you, you think of him a certain way. Like I think as the movie goes longer, you're like, what are you doing, man? Oh, you're actually a shit bag. But like early on in yeah. the movie, you were really, like really want to root for him. So that happens. And it comes across as, as like a tragedy. You're like, Oh fuck this. You know, that was, really unfortunate type type thing. But then when the movie goes on and you see what he's becoming, you realize the
1: capacity he has to possibly do something like that. So yeah, I it makes you rethink his actions from the beginning and be like, maybe he's not as innocent as I thought he was because I didn't yeah. know him yet. Mm hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Brilliant. It turns he the turns the character on its head because that's the thing. He is no different at the end than he is in the beginning. That's the trick. We, the audience are the ones who have character growth because he is the same person, same person all the way through. Yeah. But we don't know that. And the movie gaslights us into thinking he is one way in the beginning because we don't know any better. We don't know this guy yet, but he's our protagonist. And it just shows like, you know, how this, how perception can fuck with you. And there are these subtle hints throughout the beginning that you don't really pick up on Cause in the moment you're just like watching it and you're like, Oh, he's just like this cool, quiet type, but he's a sweetheart. He's in love with this girl and you know, he's just doing his thing. And then when you start to go back and you look at it, you're like, this is way more nefarious than I thought it was because I didn't know certain things about his character at the time. Brilliant. Fucking Brilliant. We're the ones who are developing, not him. Same guy all the way through from beginning to end. He doesn't change a fucking bit. (laughs) And so, so good. Love it. It is genius. It's that is fucking brilliant. Yeah, man. I obviously we
0: really like this movie. I'm actually, you know, I, I will say this sounds like you like it more than me. And I already like it a lot. This makes me more curious about the duties this year, because I've been kind of thinking about like the duties might be a little anticlimactic this year. Cause I think there's really only been like two, like for me, maybe like three movies that I've really loved. And I didn't know how much, what, how you felt about this. And I was like, I think there's only been like two for sky. Um, but I'm glad to hmm. hear that you, you
1: really like this one, dude, the duties I thought was going to be a slam dunk. Remember a couple episodes ago, I was just like, yeah, my top five is solid. Yeah. Um, it's shooken up. I, my top three is in turmoil. I have no idea where I'm going to land. And again, it goes, it goes back to the effect of fandom. I'm like, you know, I love Marvel. So it's hard, especially when they make a good Marvel movie. It's like, it's going to land somewhere high up in the top. Yeah. But I think this is a, as a movie, this is so much better. But as a, like, let's say Spider-Man, Spider-Man movie, it's perfect. Or Spider-Man movie but there could be better movies mm-hmm. agreed so it's and then it comes down to a, a matter of tastes yeah and it's really hard it's really hard we're fighting nostalgia and fandom versus craft and uh, originality it's 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 very it's gonna be interesting we'll see what mm-hmm. happens
0: the Oscars this year at least for best picture like I was we obviously should <laughs> don't look up and we are talking about how we're not crazy about West side story being nominated, but uh, I will say this compared to last year. Um, there's a, there's a lot of movies that I actually really liked. And uh, there was a movie in my top two, probably it's probably one or two or at the very worst three. Um, that's probably not even in my top five anymore. Now that I've kind of like crammed some of these Oscar movies. Um, Cause there's actually been, yeah, you know, Next Oscar Cram, we're going to talk about two other ones, but both of those um, kind of of shifted some stuff around too. But you want to get into tomato-tomato on this, or do you have anything else left? I have nothing
1: else. Let's get into those tomato-tomatoes. Now,
0: I'm going to say this. I wonder if there's something that, if we're weird, or if other people are weird, because tomato-tomato, the critics, the critics have this at an 80%, so B-minus. The audience has
1: this at a 68%. So D plus. I have an answer, Colin. Tell me everyone's a fucking idiot. (laughs) You're fucking stupid. And I know I understand the fucking hypocrisy of me talking about Adam McKay talking down to people just because they don't understand something and calling them stupid. But guess what? If you don't like this movie, you're a fucking idiot. (laughs) (laughs) A plus, bitch. Whatever the higher one was, tomato. But by, by the end of the review, by the end of the episode, he became what he hated. <laughs> you either uh, you either uh, die the hero, or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain. Yeah. <laughs> I also just rewatched Dark Knight. Uh, the like two nights ago, I rewatched the Dark Knight. Nice. Yeah, I've told
0: you off mic. I'm on the Batman kick also because I've been reading older comics and then also I I did oh. put on I didn't put on The Dark Knight. Uh I put on Rise's actually the other night. Um hmm.
1: I might watch the other ones, but Dark Knight I put on for a specific reason. Um also I've now seen The Batman twice. I don't know if I told you that. No, I want to see, you know,
0: we're, we're getting through, we're probably going to do our Oscar cram and we'll probably do our duties before Batman. Maybe we'll get The Batman before then cuz I, I think we got to get
1: The Batman before then. I'm
0: dying to talk about it. I'm sure people really want to hear it. Yeah, that's the thing Thing uh, that I'm thinking about. I'm also just kind of like, do people really give a shit about what we thought about 2021 when we're like four months into 2022? <laughs> but Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I don't we'll, know so what we'll, the Oscars we'll, do. Yeah, we'll figure it out though, because yeah, I, I do want to see it, or I do want to review it, and I really want to see it again before we review it also. um, Right. So, but yeah, man. So what's, uh, what's your tomato, tomato? I don't think you give it. I'm going tomato, and I'm going A, and it is... R- I thought about an A plus for a while. Uh, for me, the main thing is just the, the love interest thing. I think it meanders a little bit in the middle of the movie at times, but it's, this
1: is a really, really solid movie. And I love this movie. Yeah. I love, I absolutely love it. Like, fuck, I'm going to get the movie poster tattooed on my back. (laughs) Like this movie Fox. Yeah.
0: (laughs) I love that. That description. Yeah, man. Yeah. I'm a, I'm happy.
1: We got to talk about it. Um, I was, Oh, uh, me too. I've been dying. I, any chance I get to talk, that's another reason why I tell everybody to see it is so I can talk to people about it. I'm also going to throw this down. This is my favorite Guillermo movie. hundred percent.
0: I, I thought about that also. And for me, it's probably still number two, but it's close. Cause under what? I pan's labyrinth. I have, I have a you know, huge affinity for right. I, I I love pans. Um, but I don't know, man. Like also, I think I would rewatch this a lot more than I would watch pan's labyrinth though. Pan's labyrinth. I have to be like in the mood and a lot of it just has to be, you know, the fact that it's not in English. So you have to, you know, sit there and read the entire thing. Um, yeah, I would, I would probably watch this more a hundred percent. I own pan's labyrinth. And since I've bought it, I've maybe put it on twice. Like, if this comes out in a month, I'm probably going to watch it twice in the first week I buy it. You know, like,
1: yeah, it's uh. dude. When I first was watching this movie, I was watching it on my computer and I'm like working on other things. Cause I'm just like, I just got to watch movies from this year. I got to cram, you know, and mm-hmm. uh, admittedly not the best. I do try to give all my attention, but you know, sometimes you're distracted, you're on your phone or whatever. I was doing it. I was about 15 minutes in and I realized I had put my phone down and I was just like jaw dropped watching it. And I paused the movie and immediately went into my living room and continued watching it. Cause I was captured completely mm-hmm. captured by it. I, and that hardly ever happens when I'm watching a movie um, where I, I'm just everything else around me melts away. And I'm just like, so, so attached to it. And like, it's the only thing I can focus on because I'm just so enthralled by it. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, that movie, this movie did that for me, where I was just like, I was like, why am I watching this on my computer? Like I couldn't even move. I was like frozen. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm like almost 30 minutes in now. And I've just been sitting here. I'm not even doing anything else. I'm just watching the movie. I'm like, pause it, put it on the big TV, turn it up. I I need to see this. Like, this is, this is something special. I'm doing right now. Nice man. Nice.
0: Yeah. So, my my number 3 by the way i could just talk about gamal del toro my number 3 hmm. is probably actually hellboy 2 and then the shape of water interesting yeah i like i like hellboy 2 a lot and we're talking about movies that like have relationships in it that don't seem believable the shape of water is a movie that hinges on its relationships and uh, most of them are not believable at all and that's like my big issue with that movie is i know that one best picture that year which was i thought kind of crazy um, and I I like that movie a lot, but that one in particular, I was just like, I do not buy for a second this relationship because in that one, it's just like she sees the fish man and immediately he's just like, gotta fuck it, have to. <laughs> so, yeah, I, uh, yeah, I think that might be a hot take. So, just like, how the fuck is Hellboy above the shape of water? But like, I don't know, I think uh, Hellboy's a lot of fun. I love the aesthetic of that movie. Also, it's completely original because he just rewrote that. And, yeah, so my biggest problem with The
1: Shape of Water is what the majority of the movie hinges on, so... Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, dude. Into it, man. Really happy we got to talk about this finally. Happy that we're cramming some Oscars. Like like you mentioned before, I really don't think we're going to get to all of them. Um, there's too many we haven't seen, and the Oscars are like two weeks away from right now. So yeah. uh, we're just going to do our best to... Crash through a couple of these reviews We'll talk our Oscar uh, Nomination predictions Our winning predictions I should say And uh Yeah we'll uh, we'll come back real soon With another episode and then uh, Then it's uh, duty season hmm. And the Batman And the Batman, about Batman. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah so Stay tuned keep coming back And until then uh, Suck it you Fucking swampies